You're listening to the Frugal Spender Podcast, where we have conversations about the one thing you've always been told not to talk about, personal finance. Hello and welcome back to the Frugal Spender Podcast. This is episode number two and today I'll be walking you through what I believe to be the best way to get out of debt based on what I've learned and what I've personally done myself. If you didn't listen to my first episode, firstly, why didn't you get back there and give it a listen? But I discussed my upbringing and how I think that that affected my relationship with money and I set the scene for future episodes including this one. So the subject of paying off debt is a subject close to me and it's pretty much the reason why I'm here talking to you now. It is where I was probably what you would call rock bottom and I feel that rock bottom is one of those things that is a huge motivator for a lot of people to take action and get the ball rolling. A lot of success stories start with somebody hitting rock bottom. And when everything is running smoothly, or you've at least convinced yourself that things are running smoothly, they often find themselves on autopilot. Maybe you can relate to that. Because the truth is, why would you take action if there's nothing wrong? And this for me is where knowledge comes into play. Having access to information about money and personal finance is the first step to making a change. That isn't to say that everybody is going to act on the information they're given, But you need the information first and combine that with a desire to act upon it and then you're going to get somewhere. Now, the first step in the process of paying off debt for me starts with mindset. And the chances are if you're in debt, you may need to change how you think about money. You may be somebody who buys things to impress other people or you just have life stresses that lead you to buying things to make yourself feel better. Whatever the mindset is that is causing you to be in debt, you're going to need to focus on that before you do anything else. The old saying is you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And I think that's very relevant when it comes to debt because people know that bad debts and being in debt is not a good thing. And unless you internalize why you need to get out of debt, you're probably not going to do anything about it. You need to know that something needs to change and be armed with the right mindset and information to implement that change. So you need to find out what your why is. Why do you want to be out of debt? And it's got to be something internal as opposed to external. It needs to be something that's going to keep you going through tough times. And for me, it was being free from restriction, free from owing anything to anyone, the freedom to take opportunities and do things that not having enough money or having financial obligations to places like credit card companies and car finance companies would otherwise prevent me from doing. I want to be able to do what I want by the age of around 50, not necessarily to retire, but to have the option to not work or do whatever it is that I want to do at 50 without feeling the pressure to remain in a job that I don't particularly like. And that's my why, that's my driver, my motivation, but yours could be different. So, Before you get started, you need to know where you are so that you can figure out where it is that you're going. And one of my favorite quotes is by Jordan Peterson, and he says that you will see what you aim at, so aim carefully. 
And this needs to be crystal clear in your mind what the goal is, because you can't be vague about it. You're going to have to spend some time being very honest with yourself about how much debt you have. For some people, this could be a very daunting task. I call it knowing your number. I know when I had debts, I was particularly good at pretending everything was going to be okay, um, not confronting it head on and just burying my head in the sand. But the reality is, and something I've definitely learned throughout my life, and in particular with my money, is that things aren't often as bad as you think they are. Sure, you might be in more debt than you originally thought, but you're going to feel better about confronting it head on and owning it rather than just being stressed about not knowing how much money you owe somebody else. So you're going to need to get yourself a piece of paper and a pen or create yourself a spreadsheet and list all of your debts with their totals. Now this may take a bit of digging, so block out some time in your schedule to sit down and make sure you get this right. Yes, this is important. Make sure you do this. Go back through your last three months of bank statements with a fine tooth comb and work out exactly how much money you owe to people and how much that is. You need to add up the balances on things like credit cards, personal loans, store cards, overdrafts, car finance, and heaven forbid, things like Klarna. Then add up your totals. Once you know your number, become very familiar with it. Remind yourself that this number is only going to decrease going forward. Write it on a post-it note and put it on your wall, put it on your fridge, put it on your phone screensaver, anywhere that you know you're going to see it all the time. It needs to be in the forefront of your mind at all times. You should be able to tell me at any point if I was to ask you what your current debt number is to the penny. Now, in this list, you wouldn't include your mortgage because your mortgage debt is the only debt that is acceptable considering the majority of people can't afford to purchase a home outright. You may even call it good debt, debt that's low interest and the thing that you bought is going to go up in value. The opposite being bad debt. And an example of this would be buying a TV on a credit card. You'd be paying high interest for something that pretty much loses all of its value when you open the box. Mortgages are just one of those things that the majority of us are just going to need to get. And we just don't have a few hundred thousand pounds lying around to buy a house outright. That's just the reality. So at this point, you should have identified your money mindset and hopefully taken steps to improve it. And now that you know what your debt number is, it's time to move on to the next stage, which is to create a budget. The word budget is just boring, but let's try and change that. Your goal when it comes to paying off debts is to do it in the quickest and most sustainable way to ensure your highest likelihood of actually becoming debt-free. In its simplest form, you need to spend less than you earn. And this needs to be black and white on paper or on a spreadsheet. This can be done on pretty much anything, but if you do like spreadsheets, I've created one that you can use on my website, frugalspender.co.uk. But you don't need it. You could do it on the back of a beer mat if you could write small enough. You need to have a plan and to be intentional with all the money that comes into your life, regardless of how little or how much it is. This can only be done by budgeting. Budgeting is giving every single penny a job. You tell your money where to go rather than wondering where it went at the end of the month. It's about taking full control of your finances. A budget involves listing your income and your outgoings, minus your outgoings from your income, and making sure that this number ends up at zero. 
This, surprisingly enough, is called a zero-based budget, and that's what I'm a strong proponent of. By budgeting in this way, you can't be vague. It forces you to be intentional and to think about every pound and penny that comes into your life and where it's going to go. When it comes to your budget, you're going to want to decrease your outgoings by getting rid of anything unnecessary. You can do this by looking at cancelling old subscriptions, finding a cheaper place to do your weekly shop, contact your mobile phone and internet suppliers and see if you can lower your rates. Every little small change adds up quickly over time. You're going to need to focus on making sure that your basic needs are met. Seems obvious, but things like this would include housing, like your rent or your mortgage, food and water, transport to work, whether that's car, bus, train, and an internet connection so you can continue listening to the Frugal Spender podcast. Anything after that you could live without for a short period of time whilst you attack your debt, because that should be the most important financial thing that's happening in your life. It may sound extreme, but extreme action is the only way that you're going to get extreme results. Now, in some cases, you may realize at this point that you don't actually have enough money coming in to cover your basics. And this might be the actual reason why you're in debt in the first place. And if this is you, you need to stop what you're doing. And I suggest that you contact either Citizens Advice, the National Deadline or Step Change. Please do not bury your head in the sand. Go and get help. For most, though, this exercise will potentially give you a pay rise. You will find that you have more money to play with once you reduce unnecessary outgoings. This money can now be redirected to the next step, which is to save an emergency fund of between £500 and £1,000. Now, this should be done while still paying all your minimum payments towards your debts. You don't want to accrue any penalties for not paying any money towards your debt, and this should be your main focus, building up this emergency fund. For me, this was one of the biggest transformations that happened in my life, not just my financial, but my life in general. Before learning about personal finance, I never understood the power of having money set aside just in case. I just had this ambient anxiety of being worried that something's going to happen, whether the car's going to break down or whatever it is. Even though I wasn't consciously thinking about it, I was aware that I was one minor emergency away from being crippled financially. Having an emergency fund, regardless of how small it is, can stop you from getting further into debt. But having a small amount of cash reserve to use should a minor emergency occur. So anything like your boiler breaking down or you need a new washing machine because it breaks or your car breaks down, this can just become an inconvenience rather than spiraling you off track and most likely just giving up on the whole process of getting out of debt. So you might be asking yourself, well, should I save 500 or should I save 1,000? And the truth is, only you know the answer to that because it's subjective and you are the only person that knows what's going to feel right for you. Whatever feels like the best buffer for you and your finances is the correct answer. For me, it was £1,000, but that was because I built up some good financial habits and I liked knowing that I had a reasonable size of money sitting there for me if I needed it. The problem is, when you're in debt, saving between £500 and £1,000 can seem impossible. And trust me, I know. This is where your intense mindset will help. The way I did it was by selling stuff around the house that I didn't need and picking up as much overtime that I could at work. And this also will put you into a disciplined mode. You need to be intense and focused to get this part done. But trust me, it is worth it. And once you manage to build up an emergency fund... Do not be tempted to spend this money. 
this is solely for emergencies. I would say to put it in a separate account. I mean, I recommend using something like a challenger bank like Starling or Monzo because they allow you to keep separate pots or spaces within your account, but you can't see it. So if you need to access it, you can straight away, but it's not just mixed in with your daily current account of in and outgoing. And importantly to note here is to not be tempted to start paying off debt before you have your emergency fund in place because this is your buffer going forward to make sure your journey of getting out of debt isn't interrupted. It's important to remember that this emergency fund should be used if something arises when you're paying off your debt to prevent you from stopping the process of paying off debt. So if something does happen, you continue to pay off your debt and rebuild your emergency fund when you can. So once you've done this, it's time to start destroying your debt. And the method that I like and actually use myself is known as the debt snowball. Now, the debt snowball is a method of debt repayment popularized by the US money guru, Dave Ramsey. To math nerds, this method of debt repayment is pretty controversial. It goes against the logical method of paying off the highest interest rate debt first. And that method is known as the debt avalanche. Yeah, I know. What a name. This is where you list your debts in order of interest rates, paying the highest interest rate first, regardless of the amount, and then working your way down. With the debt snowball, however, you list your debts in order of size from smallest to largest, irrespective of the interest rate. You start by throwing as much as you can at the smallest debt, and you pay the minimum payments on the rest. Once the smallest debt is paid off, you take the payments you were paying on that and put it towards the next debt, accumulating more and more over time, hence the debt snowball. Now this method taps into your emotions and takes advantage of human psychology pretty much more than anything else as you're going to be motivated by the small wins. By seeing progress made, it multiplies your motivation to become debt-free as you move along the process. If, however, you feel the best method for you is to focus on the interest rate rather than the smallest value because you just can't get over that concept, it would be worth looking at balance transfers when it comes to credit cards. By doing this, you may be able to get a lower or even a 0% interest rate, allowing the money to be going towards the capital rather than in interest. Now, this isn't how I did it or I'd recommend doing it, but truthfully, the goal is to get out of debt. So if this method is how you're going to do it and stick to it, I'm all in. The beauty of the debt snowball, though, is that it keeps you motivated and interested in getting out of debt. You get those quick wins and you cannot underestimate the power of progress and momentum. Now, this process will vary for everybody. I managed to reduce the time frame that I originally thought was going to take to get out of debt of two years down to 10 months by being very intense with the snowball method. And every time I got rid of a debt, I became just more and more motivated to find money somewhere and throw it at my debt. Now, another little trick that can keep you on track with paying off debt is to automate your payments. And this can be done by setting up direct debits and auto payments. Now, the truth is the lenders or the people you owe money to will want you to pay minimum payments for as long as possible because it means they're going to make more money from you in interest. They will actively encourage you to pay the minimum. Why on earth do you think that it's the default when paying any loan or credit card back to only discuss minimum payments? That's the affordability. It's all about minimum payments. And this is fine only for the debts that you're not currently focusing on and attacking, that being the smallest debt. 
With this debt, you're going to want to set up automatic payments that are higher than the minimum. So you trick yourself into thinking that payment is coming out no matter what. You may even consider setting up a second payment in the middle of the month for a little bit extra. I found that seeing two payments go towards my debts automatically every single month was a great psychological trick and it felt like I was putting more of a dent into the actual capital itself. Now the second payment doesn't need to be huge, it can just be £5. Something else you're going to want to try and focus on is increasing your income. And this is extremely easy to say but can sound impossible if you've never done it before. And I know this feeling well because I used to have a restrictive mindset when it came to income. Whatever my salary or wage was at the time, it felt like the roof of my earning potential, which in hindsight was probably the cause of my limited income. For me, it was a cycle that was broken by reading as many books as I could about money and mindset. I really do believe that anybody can earn more money. So whether you're a single mother living at home, not working, or a CEO, the internet has opened a world of possibility for learning and the ability to generate multiple income streams. I went from earning money from my job, which wasn't a lot of money, to creating a side hustle that had more than five income streams. Now, an extra income stream could be something like selling on eBay or Etsy or doing online surveys, or in my case, starting a business. So at this point, you should be decreasing your outgoings and have found another income stream if possible. It doesn't matter how small this stream is, any side hustle will get you closer to becoming debt-free. The time it takes you to get out of debt can be really reduced by increasing your income. And the truth is, for some people, you may be able to get out of debt a lot quicker than others. For some people, you're in it for the long haul. The important thing to focus on here, though, is not giving up. It'll be worth it in the end when you don't owe anybody anything and all of the money that you earn stays in your pocket. Trust me, this is the most freeing feeling to get your net worth to zero because most people are considerably in the minus. Remember your why. Have it in the forefront of your mind when times get hard. And the last point that I want to make about getting out of debt is one that I still have to think about to this day and make sure that I'm doing it regularly. And that is to avoid debt like the plague. In particular, bad debt. You know, the debt that you borrow at a high interest rate, or to be honest, even if it's a 0% interest rate, to purchase things that go down in value, things like cars and TVs and sofas or even clothes these days. Buy things you can afford. And when I say afford, I mean that you can buy outright. Stop equating affordability to monthly payments. That is a poor mindset. A wealthy mindset would be thinking in terms of the ability to pay for it outright. If you haven't got £40,000 sitting in a bank account, but I hate to break it to you, you probably can't afford that luxury German car. By doing this, you will now have a solid financial foundation of having no debt and an emergency fund in place. This will mean that you can save up and pay for things like cars or washing machines or anything you use to pay with credit in cash. It is so important not to fall back into bad habits. Although the feeling you will have when you're debt-free other than a mortgage should be enough to keep you from going back into debt ever again, we are all human and we act on emotion and impulse sometimes. Personal finance is a journey and it is in fact personal. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me and if you get any value from this content, please subscribe to the podcast on whatever streaming service or podcast service you're currently using. It would be really kind and helpful of you if you were to consider leaving a review on the service you're listening to me on right now. 
I'm very new to the podcasting world and right now I'm just going to be getting lost in the algorithm. So thank you very much for listening and I'll catch you next time. Peace.